0: If I'm not doing that self-work, I'm going to drive everybody bananas and continue to do the things that are not helpful.
1: Helping business leaders grow themselves, their team, and their profits. This is Entree Leadership. Now, here's your host, Ken Coleman. Coming to you from the Music City, this is the broadcast of Leaders by Leaders for Leaders. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. Here's what we got coming up for you. We're going to be answering your questions this episode, specifically Sarah Sloyan, our Senior Vice President of Entree Leadership, will join me in studio, questions around hiring, difficult team members, communication, and motivation. She runs the Entree Leadership brand, the team, and she knows how to answer these questions. And as a result, we're going to do a really cool giveaway a coaching session with the one and only Sarah Sloyan. So I'll tell you about the details of that coming up. We've got some great details on our, I think, the Super Bowl event, what we do at Entree Leadership, Entree Leadership Summit. But let's get right to it. Sarah Sloyan in studio.
0: Hey, how hey. We,
1: how did we get you in here? You're so busy in meetings all so the time.
0: I'm so busy. I'm so important.
1: You are. You're very <laughs> important. I can't believe we got you in studio. But this is going to well, be so Because fun. they
0: said you would be here.
1: Yeah. I said, I'm in. Oh, oh, very nice. I'm in.
0: If Ken's in, I'm in. All
1: right, good. Well, I'm glad you're here because we have got questions that have been submitted by our audience. So we've kind of summarized these questions. And so we're going to start off with, I don't think this is a surprise <laughs> to you, maybe one of the hottest topics that we get through our coaching, yep. through the questions we get at live events, backstage, like we just had uh, at our Entree Leadership One Day hiring. So here's a question. How do I find the right people? I know who to hire when I find them. But how do I find them? That's the big question. Yeah. Well, my question usually
0: back to that person is, where are you finding the good ones already? There's not 50 million spots. Like, go after those spots that you're already having luck in. And also, are you creating a culture that people want to work in? And we find our best ones, you know this, by word of mouth. So are you telling your current team members, hey, we have this position open. Do you have any rock stars you know? Mm -hmm. We don't want your loser friends. We just want your rock stars. Word of mouth is our best
1: um, utensil when it comes to that. Right. And then let me ask you, how often do our team recommend somebody that, because I mean, we talk about this, but this is a real question because there are times where I'm sure they mean well, and that's why we have such a lengthy hiring process. But do speak to that.
0: Yeah. We definitely have a lengthy interview process. We interview everybody at least six to eight times, which a lot of people think is crazy. We've gotten more efficient, over the years, for sure, as our HR team has grown. But every once in a while, we'll have somebody slip through that's not a good recommendation. But I think because we talk about it so publicly at staff meeting, like, do not send us your donkeys. We will publicly shame you, which of course we wouldn't, but we will publicly shame you if you keep sending us donkeys. People get the memo and we tie cash to it. So if you send us great people, you get paid for that referral. So it's great for everybody.
1: It really is. Okay. Now, we are big fans of Pat Lencioni here. He's got a great book that's kind of become institutionalized here. The ideal team player. He talks about these three key qualities. You want somebody who has all three, humble, hungry, and then people smart. We got a question. How do you spot humble people?
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. It is. You can ask great questions that can get you there. If someone's not willing to tell you about Tell me about a time that you failed. If they dive into that and they really aren't comfortable answering that question, you know, they kind of hem and haw or give you a lame answer, then, you know, they probably aren't comfortable talking about failings or humility. But I think I pick up on it a lot of times just by how people present themselves, how they talk about things. If you ask them about, tell me about a time that you really hit it out of the park, do they talk about I did this or are they talking about, man, this team is awesome and this person did this and this person did that? You pick up pretty quickly on whether they need to take all the glory or whether they feel like they're part of a team and it was a team effort.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had a question about the interview process, and I'm going to kind of edit it on the the fly here because I'd like to know of those six to eight, you got the HR side of it, and then it gets in here to the team. At what point do you get involved, and then what is your type of interview? Describe that for people. What have you fashioned as kind of the, okay, for me, Sarah, this is what I need to be asking. This is what I'm looking for.
0: It depends on the role. So if I'm hiring for one of my top leaders, I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm using real examples. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of those questions are from things that I learned the hard way. Right. You know, sure, that sure. I, that I, I flash back to that team member that was really hard to deal with. We had a difficult situation. I think I do not want to relive that. So I just am honest in those situations. Hey, here's what's going to happen. How would you respond in these situations? If it's for a, uh, a lot of times now I will be interviewing for a half day where the, candidate comes in for a half day. Mm-hmm. They meet with HR. They meet with the person who would be their direct leader. They meet with a couple of people. Right. When I'm in that interview, by the time they get to me, I'm not vetting their skills as a developer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is I have no coding background. I am relying on that director of right. development to have right. vetted that. Right. By that time, I'm really vetting, are they a culture fit mm-hmm. and have expectations been set appropriately? At Ramsey, we have 10 different business units, so each of those business units has a different personality, and our goal is to get that person in the right seat on the bus. So in Entree, you know we love fight bells, we love confetti cannons, (laughs) we drive hard, we give real feedback. If that kind of environment makes people feel suffocated, it doesn't feel like they're going to thrive in it, I would rather identify that then and we say, hey, maybe this person would be a better fit on a team that is more of a personality True. match. So it depends on which position I'm interviewing for, which role that I'm I'm really playing in. Them.
1: Got it. Now let's move to, they've made the jump into the team, they're on the team, and what do we do when we've hired a leader or maybe it's just another team member and their performance isn't up to par, it's just mediocre at best?
0: Yes, it's kind of like boiling water. Yeah. The first time I go in, I assume that they just don't know. Right. So I just very kindly but very clearly yeah. say, hey, this surprises me. There's this gap. Here's my expectations, but here's where you're operating. Mm-hmm. Are you aware that that's happening? And usually people respond really well to that. I'm not trying to put them on the defensive. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of pointing out something that they may not realize. Now, if they get defensive, that's a whole nother story. If they're still doing that after we talk, I start turning up that heat, So the second time we talk, I'm a lot more clear. And I say, hey, last time we talked about this, I felt like I was pretty clear. Here are my expectations. Let's go ahead and formalize that on paper Mm -hmm. and talk about if these are your five responsibilities on a scale of one to five, how do you feel like you're doing on each of these? And if a four is the minimum that you need to be at, what are we going to do to close that gap? And then when we meet again, if we're still Mm -hmm. looking at that and saying we're not closing that gap, I'm starting to say, hey, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now. It doesn't feel like you're closing the gap on this. We start talking about, is this role a fit? Is it an attitude problem? So the heat gets turned up every time we talk, but I'm always clear and I'm always kind about it.
1: Okay. So now we're going to move over to, that was more about performance results. Let's talk about attitude or more importantly, when somebody, it's just obvious. They're just not happy. They're walking around the office like Eeyore. Yes. What do you do?
0: Well, I think this is a perfect question for you to answer. Mm. I mean, this is your sweet spot. What do you do?
1: Well, I think you're going to have to ask them why they're unhappy. And Mm. really, you know, to that clarity that we drive at so much, I would want to know specific reasons. So now we're looking at job function. Does the function, the role they're asked to be, that they've asked to play, does it fit their talent? Does it fit their passion? Meaning, are they really, really good at it? Because if somebody is busting tail, like the previous answer that you just gave, and they're just not getting there, then we've got to look at why. Because if the effort's there, but the results are there, then it's really aptitude. It's the ability to actually function and do the job. So I want to look at that. What about the role is making you unhappy? So is it skill or is it, I can do it with my eyes closed, I just don't even look forward to doing it. And I feel like it's sucking my soul out. That's what we want to look at. Then we want to look at, is it people? So if it's not the role, then is it people you're working with? Uh-oh, and this gets really dicey. Is it me? Right. Like, am I a jerk and not know it? Now, this, this could happen. Yes, it does. So as a healthy leader, you, you have to look at those areas. And by just looking there in those areas and letting them feel free, say, hey, I just want you to be happy. You're not going to, this isn't going to be something that you're going to lose your job over, but we need to figure this out. Right. We have the same goal, right? We have the same goal for you to be fulfilled at work, whether it's here or somewhere else. Because here's the thing, leaders, if you've got a person that's unhappy in their role, they're not doing you any favors because they're not giving you their best. And you need them to give their best so that you can win. So that's high level. We've got to get in there and figure out where it is that the pain, because it's pain, we were talking earlier about why kids act the way they do. Yes. Well, employees act the same way. There's some level of pain, okay, that's causing them to be moping around or unhappy. Did they get jilted? Did they get overlooked? Is it a jerk, you know, that they're working with? Is it a customer that just ripped them upside down the other and they took it personal and they did invented it? And you might find that in that conversation of attacking the pain point that you might solve it. And they go from either, you know, they may leave. Or they may turn around and be the best employee you ever had. Yeah, that's good. So there you go. All right. How to correct an employee without clipping their wings so where they feel like Sarah hates me. Yes. There's some people that just don't do well with any type of professional conflict.
0: <laughs> that's the truth. Conflict at all. Yeah. I like to go in, a lot of it is tone. So yeah. I think we don't go in shaming them. Yeah. I like to come in asking questions mm-hmm. and Again, giving the benefit of the doubt. A lot of times, too, I've already built a lot of rapport with these folks. So the first time they're hearing from me is usually not, this is a huge miss. (laughs) What were you thinking? Um, So I like to go in and just ask questions. Hey— it felt like this was a miss. Can you give me some feedback on what your perspective on this? What did you see here? And a lot of times that team member is able to go through and go, man, I would have done this differently, this differently, this differently, this differently. Now you do have people who have a self-awareness problem right. and they can't see any of that. That's right. And you have to start pointing out the discrepancies. Right. But a lot of people are self-aware enough that if you just give them the opportunity to say, hey, tell me how you felt that that went, they're able to kind of point out, oh, I didn't feel great about that. Here's why.
1: Speaking of difficult people. Who is the most difficult person in any organization to lead? This is a oh, fun question. I thought you
0: were going to put me on the spot and ask on my team. No, I was like, oh dear, Heavens oh are, my, I'm going to need something stronger no, here. No, this
1: is from our audience. We would never answer that question. Never, don't ask it. We would, we would, we would it. say next. But th- 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 this is a good question. You know, wh- who is the most difficult person?
0: Yeah, this is probably a crazy answer, but yourself.
1: Yeah, we well, have I to lead right. ourselves
0: every day. That's right. Do you want me to expound on that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The reason that's so hard is I think we are so outward focused, right? We're looking at problems that need to be solved. We're looking at gaps with team members, behavior and expectations. We're always looking externally, trying to jump from one problem to another. And we very rarely make the time to sit down in a quiet space and say, how am I leading myself today? What am I doing that I could do a better job at? How am I looking across the team and seeing what is it that I provide to them that only I can provide and I need to keep doing that and amplify? It and what is the gap right now that I'm doing? We had feedback from one of our offsites. We went around to our top leaders and I said, Okay, let's talk about what is one thing each of us brings to the team that is a gift. So Kristen Cummings on our team is amazing with quality standards. She just knows, mm-hmm. man, this is up to par and this is not. And she can just, without a, without missing a beat, point that out. And then we said, Okay, for each person, we're all going to give feedback on what's one thing they need to change. Mm-hmm. And what they pointed out to me is When I get stressed out, instead of going to the root thing that I'm stressed out about, I go to this detailed task list. Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? So I really needed to hear that as a leader and make sure I led myself daily to say, am I doing a good job of just instead of going into my task list going, you know, Kristen, I am stressed out because I'm worried that I have not done a good job of transitioning these responsibilities to you for the upcoming summit. Talk me through how you're feeling about the summit. What are the things you've been looking at? Because as soon as she starts talking through that, it then gives me a breather to go, oh, I don't need to go through my list. But if I'm not doing that self-work, I'm going to drive everybody bananas and continue to do the things that are not helpful. Yeah,
1: That's good. All right. Staying on this line of questioning, we have a question on communication. What advice do you have to help me stay focused and cool when dealing with a personal attack?
0: Oh, my gosh. I think we all have maybe a person or two on our team who gets very defensive when you point stuff out. And you kind of feel that anxiety creeping up the night before. You know you've got to go in and talk to them the next day. And you're like, this is in your mind. You're already projecting. This is how they're going to respond. And I'm not going to know what to say. And they're going to be processing their thoughts a million miles a minute. And I'm just going to feel flooded. And it's very stressful. But what I will say is there's two tricks that I've learned. When you get flooded like that, you need to bring it back to the home point. So a lot of times we feel obligated to start explaining whatever that point is in 10 different ways each time they push back. You don't have to. You can just keep explaining that same point in the same way. Hey, you know, they'll start taking you down tangents. They want to talk about something that you did 10 years ago. Hey, we can absolutely talk about that at a later date. Today, we're here to talk about your behavior in this Mm -hmm. meeting. They start taking you down or they start yelling at you. I understand that, but I want to, today I want to resolve this. Mm -hmm. And you just keep bringing them back to that. And honestly, Ken, if they can't, if you can't get to an agreement or if you can't make headway, then you just need to say to that person, hey, I want to have a good conversation about this, but I can't do that when you're flooding me and getting defensive. What if we take tonight and we think about it and let's sync back Mm -hmm. up tomorrow? Don't feel like you have to solve it in that very minute. Right,
1: that's good. Wow, that's really good. I don't know if I could ever do that. That's very impressive, Sarah. I love that. Hey, your small business has a lot of the same challenges that mega corporations do, but without a huge finance team to solve them. I mean, who has time to juggle different apps and programs to manage your cash flow? Well, that's where Found comes in. It's business banking plus easy-to-use financial tools, all to simplify small business finances. Found has all the features you want in a business bank account and none of the stuff you don't. No minimum balance, no opening deposit, and no hidden fees. You can sign up for Found in just minutes. It's easy to access on desktop or mobile, and you can customize your account to organize and manage your funds. Plus, you can create and send free invoices right from the app, so you can get paid quickly and easily. It's time to move on to better business banking, designed to help small business owners succeed. It's time for Found. Get started today for free at found.com entree. That's found.com entree. Found is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services are provided by Piermont Bank, member FDIC. How do you recognize a poor decision, this is a two-part question here, and then pivot?
0: Mm. I like to ask feedback from my trusted leaders. So there's a lot of times that you are so close to something that you may not realize that Mm -hmm. it's a bad decision, or you might be so emotionally attached to something that you just think, I just keep having to pour money into this and time into this, and it'll turn around. So I love to ask some of my close people that I know are not yes people that I'll just say, hey, I feel like there might be something here. Do I just keep chasing this? Is it, I love to get that perspective. Yes. So, uh, And what was the second part of that? Then how do you pivot? How do you pivot? Well, I think you start to identify what was the purpose of this thing. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: take our one-day event. It's something we've been looking at really right. closely. Okay, the purpose of our one-day event is for it to be a top-of-funnel Event to introduce people to our brand. You know, it's not a huge ask for them to spend that time or that money, and it's we want to give them value right away. Mm -hmm. Well, I had to really look at that and say, is that still achieving that purpose? It used to achieve that purpose, but we need to always be disrupting ourselves before we get disrupted. And that event was no longer doing a great job of delivering in that way. So you look at whether it's still doing that, and then you go, what part exactly is broken? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it the product market fit? You start to analyze that. When you feel like you've got a good answer of what is broken, then you look at, okay, what would we have to do to fix that? And is it worth it? Or is there some other way now, knowing what I now know, that we could work smarter and do something more exciting? And then you weigh the two of them.
1: Mm. How do you break problems down so that you and your team can solve them?
0: Yeah. The thing I find about problems is a lot of time we get distracted by the symptoms Yeah, and we got to get to that root. So you have to start asking questions to make sure you're finding out, okay, so the symptom might be, I don't have a good example of this, but maybe I'm getting stressed about budget Mm -hmm. revisions are Mm -hmm. coming up. Well, you start asking questions, why am I stressed that budget revisions are coming up? Oh, I don't have a good process. Why don't I have a good process? And you start getting to the real root of the issue and then you can answer that root issue. You make a game plan.
1: I love it. Questions. I'm a question nerd. And questions are absolutely scalpels. I love that answer. I think you're absolutely right. If you just keep going two or three layers,
0: you'll get to the real root, right?
1: Yeah, you really will. You ever realize that that's what kids do?
0: I don't think I've ever stopped to think about that, but you're right.
1: The reason they ask all the questions is not to be obnoxious and not because huh. they truly are trying to get to the true. So we're talking about little right. kids. No, because so well, I'm in that world talking, right now. You're in that world. A hundred questions. We know that mm. toddlers ask hundreds of questions yes. a day. Why? Right. Because they're trying to get to the heart of the issue.
0: That's amazing Why, that my two-year-old Mama? might be smarter from Why? Than me
1: why? And you give an answer and they go, well, then why that? Yes. And you think, would you stop asking me questions? <laughs> and they're just trying to figure out why this all exists. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Pretty fascinating That's cool. stuff. That's cool. That's good. I'm, way, now I'm
0: going to be paying attention to that in a different way. There
1: you go. That's right. All right, let's move on to motivation and inspiration. Mm. We talk about this a lot. You know, I've heard Dave talk about this a hundred times. Don't motivate people. Hire people that are already yes. hungry. We talked about Pat Lencioni. Hunger is something that you're looking for. This is a question. This is tough. How do I motivate people when nothing has worked? We've tried money, contests, prizes, vacation type. They're just not motivated. What do you say to that?
0: Yeah. Well, I like to just then ask them, like, hey, I've tried these things. (laughs) What else can I do? Yeah, what's the gap? Like, talk to me about what you would find exciting. What what would you look forward to or what would be a cool kicker?
1: Yeah. I'm going to add to that answer if you don't mind. I was going to say, what would you do? Well, I think when you've offered money, Prizes, vacation mm-hmm. time. The only thing that's not mentioned here that's actually more valuable, we know this from HR research. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's more valuable than money and reward is recognition. Mm. So I certainly would try it. I didn't hear that in this I question. Like that. So people are moved by recognition. Yes. Do I matter to you? Do mm, you notice that's good. me? So I would try a heavy dose of recognition. But after that, I mean this gets back to what I do on right. a day-to-day basis. Right. Let's just help them move on yeah. to something else. Let's get somebody in here who's got a connection to the role yeah. and to the mission.
0: That's good. It is funny when you said that I realized my top salespeople, they love bragging rights. It's not the money. No. It's not they love to yeah, be they have a healthy, healthy competition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They get paid. They get fine. paid on that. Yeah.
1: That they want to so be recognized. Yeah. Well, it's it's absolutely true. It is number one, people would rather get recognition from their leader and then as a subset, their peers, mm. more than they would a raise and more than they would a reward. That's cool. Yeah. So let me say this. If you're going to reward, make sure that it's really public. Right. Like giving right. a guy a vacation that two or three people know about. Doesn't feel as exciting. No. And you guys do this very, very well. Stand him up in front of everybody and go, Frank killed it. And because Frank killed it, we're sending him to Maui. Because <laughs> it's not the Maui trip. Yes. He wants everybody to look at him and go, yes. I'm killing I want to be
0: it. like Frank. Look at Frank.
1: It's just who we are. It's (laughs) just how it works. Uh, Let's see. Rewarding my team when they hit their goals comes easy, but what do I do when a goal is missed? Mm. This is a tough one.
0: Yeah. I would say I really have to look at why it was missed. So is it because we had a poor plan and we need to just call that out and be honest and say, guys, we made some assumptions and they were bad assumptions, or is it because of effort? And you address it differently based on those two things, I would say. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I I think you have to then break it all down. And this is where everybody takes responsibility. Like you said, this is where it's 360 degree feedback. Okay. Was the goal too high? Exactly. So this is where the leader can come in and I'd start the process by going, okay, did I, what do you all think? Did I set the goal too high? Was I hallucinating? And start the process of everybody going, wow, this, okay, this is cool. You're taking responsibility. And it's just everybody kind of looking at it. And it's not a crisis when a goal is missed. Right. It's a crisis when goals are continually missed and we don't know why. Yes. Now we're in a crisis. Because you
0: can't fix the behavior. Yeah. You're just this crazy cycle.
1: Yeah. This idea that we missed a goal, what are we going to do? No. I mean, John Maxwell wrote a book called Failing Forward. I've never met a person who's successful or read about an organization that's successful that didn't have failure. So you're going to miss some goals, but this allows you to get in there and figure out why do we miss the goal? And this is what I can't stand when leaders will put it all on the team. what did you guys do? How come we missed it? And they're secretly going, um, you put an unreasonable goal out
0: there. That is my biggest pet peeve when people will not be authentic about it. Yeah, Like nobody is going to look at you differently. Yeah. Now, if you do it all the time and well, you yeah. just run around setting bad goals, right. but if you just say, guys, yeah. I made a, some bad assumptions and yeah. this was not a great
1: goal. Yeah. I think people respect you more for calling it out. Yes, because they already think They're that.
0: They're already thinking it.
1: Hello. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the old kid's tale. The emperor has no clothes. Yes. You know, his, his tailor convincing that wearing nothing was a beautiful, invisible outfit. And no one would say, hey, dude, you're walking around in your underwear. Right. It's crazy. Good stuff. Thank you all for submitting your questions. We love, love, love answering your questions. Sarah, that was big fun. And we told them that uh, we're going to answer their questions in a really special way. How about a 45 minute one-on-one coaching session with this amazing lady, Sarah Sloyan? So you're, you do mentoring sessions with business owners at our Entree Master Series. And so you've got a lot of experience with this. What do you love most about this? So the person who wins this, what can they expect when they hop on the phone or Skype with you?
0: Yeah, my favorite part is a lot of times at the beginning of the call, people don't see a path to either fix their pain or get to their dreams. Mm. And by the end of that call, it's easy to get there. It's not as overwhelming as people feel like it is. In a short period, we can put a plan on paper and talk through it, and they leave feeling like they've got a great plan and they're excited.
1: All right. So folks, it's going to be really valuable. I promise you have until the end of March to enter for your chance to win. So all you have to do to enter is click on the link in the show notes and somebody is going to win that coaching session. That's going to be great fun. Oh my gosh. I just looked at the calendar this morning and I'm doing speech prep for the summit event. And I'm like, it's going to be here. I mean, it's first of March and I'm going, this is unbelievable. Well, and it's not starting work on in my, April. I, I Usually know. it's in May. So it's I know. throwing us off. I yeah. know. And so it is truly around the corner. And this really is our flagship event. You were involved with this. Here's what I'd love to hear. Because we've been telling them about it. They know it's like, you know, sold out. It's going to be nuts. How did this idea come together?
0: Well, don't laugh at me. I've got three kids, but I swear this is like my fourth child. Like, I, I love this event. I know, it's too That's, much. No, it's, it's much. really not. So what happened was... You remember about 5 or 6 years ago Dave started talking about one day he will need to retire yeah. you know want to spend well, more time with Sharon on vacation yeah. you know yeah. the challenge and so we were all challenged to think about how do we become less Dave dependent right. and it was kind of a scary concept for us because at that time Entree leadership had two events right. we had our master series we had our performance series master series was a week long event taught by Dave basically only and we said oh my word most of our business revenue is tied to this event. And Dave's talking about scaling back his involvement. So we started talking about it and there were a lot of feelings and fears. And we said, what if we kill one of these events and create an event that is less Dave dependent? And so we said, gosh, do you think we could maybe get 400 people there? Because at that time we were selling right. events at 150 people. So do you think we get 400? And we were going to San Diego, right? Uh, north of San Diego. And uh, we sold 650 tickets and it was awesome. Yeah. It was like camp. Yeah. You know, that feeling where you get to see all of your favorite people in yeah. this beautiful venue. Yeah. So that was our very first one. And now I guess we're doing our fifth one. Is that right? We were in Let's San see, Diego, we were in La Costa yep. was
1: that first one. Dallas, then we went to Dallas. Then I feel like it was Orlando. Orlando and now San Antonio. San Antonio. And this is yeah. number five. Yeah. Thank you folks for hanging out with us as I took my shoes off so I could count. <laughs>
0: Ken. So this year we'll be in San Diego, right on the marina. Oh. It's gonna be awesome. I You're doing wait. a talk.
1: I know. It's gonna be great. Going to be talking about so the proximity good. principle. How yes. do you use it to move up? Yes. You know, we did an audience survey recently. And we found that one of the things that you all want to hear the most is how to move up in your career. Well, if you're coming to Summit, I'm going to give away the secret sauce.
0: It's going to be awesome.
1: There you go. It's going to be fun. Now, we sold out. Yeah. So the rest of the story is it went boom, boom. Yeah. Or as Dave likes to say, zoom, zoom. We sold out. And then you decided this Grand Hall experience yeah. Now, so we're testing something new this like? year.
0: It's the exact same experiences in the room, but we're going to use another ballroom and live stream the speakers. So we'll have our live from summit stage there where the speakers will go after I'll they get off there stage. Interviewing them You'll in be interviewing those guys in yeah. the overflow grand hall room. That's right. And uh, we've got some fun surprises built in. We call it entree eatership because we feed everybody lots of food.
1: Yes. Well, I wouldn't know. wear your stretchy pants. I wouldn't know. I don't have time to eat during that week. But I go I on hear a the diet the week before, before
0: so that I can eat all the food the week of. And
1: I like that. It really is well done, and in the beautiful San Diego downtown area on the water, uh, the weather's great there. Yes.
0: It's not just a vacation. Think about oh. when your head's down in your business. You don't have time to get above it and think through things. So these people need to come hear this amazing content, network with other leaders and business owners who are going through the same things. And honestly, I would plan a day on the back end to sit and go, okay, I've just taken in all this content. What are the top two things that I'm going to take away? And what's my plan so that when I get back to the office, I am going to hit the ground running on implementing them.
1: I'm glad you said that because Dave and I and some friends are going to go play golf on the back end of that. So we've already decided. You can
0: digest all That good content. Yes. We're going to
1: go process everything that we've seen. And I will say one quick thing. The summit event is unlike any leadership event that I've been to because of the community, the camaraderie. I got to tell you, it's a lot of the same people. We end up selling out so quickly because so many of the people buy tickets that are in the room before we even shut down. So in San Antonio, we sold tons because people are like, I want to come back. And the reason is they see each other. It's like kind of going to this, you know, high-end camp for adults and you're learning, you're growing, you're fellowshipping. It just really is a wonderful time. So click on the link in the show notes because we still have some spots in the Grand Hall. So you better move on that and we've got a special podcast listener discount for you because I'm a man of the people and I demand these things. Sarah didn't want to do it. He
0: arm wrestled me earlier. It's it wasn't ex- pretty.
1: Yeah, It wasn't pretty because she almost beating. me. That's what she's not telling you. <laughs> uh, but somehow I squeaked out a win and we've got the listener discount. So that's big fun. So we'd love to see you there. You'll want to move on that though. Cause it's going to sell out. Uh, Sarah, thank you. This was no. so fun. Got to have you back more often. Sounds good. All right, folks, that's going to do it on behalf of Sarah Sloyan and the entire Entree Leadership team. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again very soon. Hey, folks, I want to make you aware that we have other great podcasts from Ramsey Solutions. Here's a sample of The Ken Coleman Show. According to a recent Gallup poll, nearly 70% of Americans are disengaged at work. If you dread going into work every Monday morning and you're just trying to make it to the weekend, The Ken Coleman Show is for you. Everyone has a sweet spot. Your sweet spot is at the intersection of your greatest talent and greatest passion. We will help you discover what it is you were born to do, and then we'll help you create a plan to make your dream job a reality. You matter, and you have what it takes. Join the conversation on The Ken Coleman Show. To hear full episodes, just search Ken Coleman in iTunes, or go to KenColemanShow.com.